I said I want to be a millionaire by 35. <laughs> right? Yep. You know, and everybody looking at me, you crazy. You, you stupid. You guess what? Wow. The Lord, the Lord planted a, a path uh, in my way. And so I got off in the real estate, I got off in all this, I got off, I mean, public speaking, this and that, everything just came. Welcome to the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about what makes a million dollar speaker. Hi, I'm RV Robinson. I'm the master speaker trainer, international speaker, and author of Speak Up, Get Client. And we've got another good show for you today because I have a very dear friend of mine here who has spoken a lot all over the world. His name is James Cooley, and he is really super cool guy. So uh, let me formally welcome him. So James Cooley, well, he's married. He's the father of four children. He's a devoted Christian. He is the host of It's Your Life radio podcast, author of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, Um, And the Book of Knowledge, Your Pathway to Enlightenment, his credentials go on and on and on. But he has dedicated his life to helping the future youth to become better leaders. So let's hear more about that. Welcome, James. Hey, uh, RV, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Wow. Um, I feel like I'm somebody that's important. Uh, (laughs) As you introduced uh, uh, myself, and so uh, I'm glad to be here. You are important. You have you have credentials a mile long. You have many degrees. I want everyone to know that you are one busy guy. You've also got a not-for-profit. I mean, on and on and on. So we are going to jump right in and talk a little bit about that and about you. But first, before we do that, I know you've been speaking a lot. You've got your own radio show. Tell Tell our listeners what you believe makes a million-dollar speaker. First of all, uh, what I believe that makes a million-dollar speaker, and I go with the uh, uh, what, what, why, when, and how. First, with the first what is what you're talking about. What, what, what the title of what you're talking about. Secondly, uh, the second what is what you want your audience to get out of your message meaning that you have to really understand your message yourself and you have to live your message uh, for, uh, to be able to convey your message to the audience. Uh, third is what, what, why? Why is the message that you're delivering this day, this time, is so important? I mean, what, what is, what, are you trying to bring everybody together? What is the significance of the message? Uh, so, um, you know, why is this so important that your audience need to tune in, listen to you, lock in, and, and believe in you? You know, so what, what, why? When is when do you want them to lock in on that message? You want them to lock in right now because that's what's going on at this particular time and and, and what you're trying to convey, at least from my perspective, 
is, hey, this is what's going on. Uh, the world might be hurting, or you might be hurting, or God uh, placed this on my heart that I need to share this message with you. And therefore, uh, I want to be mean. I want to be real. I want to be just like you listening to the message. What, what, why, when, how? How? Love it. Love it, James. You got more? When it comes to the how is how are you doing it? So I believe a million dollar speaker have to understand his audience or her audience, uh, meaning eye to eye contact, uh, it, meaning that or are they feeling this like I'm feeling this? Because I don't believe that you should ever share a message if you don't feel it yourself. Amen. Well, it's obvious that you have had a lot of experience with public speaking. So why don't you tell us a little bit of your background? How did you get into public speaking? How did you get into your radio show? Uh, let's just start there. Okay, I mean, that's a, that's a very good question. Public speaking, I believe that um, I, I can't say I was born to do that, <laughs> but I can say that uh, my father... Uh, from what uh, I know of my father is, you know, he were, was a preacher. My grandfather, my great-grandfather, all, all of them was uh, a preacher. However, let me let me give you a quick scenario story. I was born in uh, what we might call an illegitimate kid. I was born uh, to a, a mother uh, who had 10 kids by six different fathers, and uh, she was never married. And we lived in a project. And basically, we was uh, told, especially myself, that I would never be anything in this world. And and so my mother, being a single parent of 10, 10 kids, could not take care of all of us. So she had to pick and choose her kids. Uh, and so she had a sister, a couple of sisters in Alabama. Uh, she uh, chose myself and my brother, uh, Jerry, who was uh, a year and a half older than me, to go to Alabama and live with my aunt and uncle. And it was like horror. The word had given up on me. I felt like the word had given up on me. Uh, and, and I was only six. And But that was a blessing in disguise because wow. I had an opportunity to go there. Uh, and and we were more poor. And that's that's not a good word you know, from the a potential professor, but uh, that uh, that um, we was poor, and but when I got there and understood everything, I felt rich because it was in love. And from that point on, I established a, a foundation, and I established a work ethic and the understanding that, wow, this is so great. You are rich in love and you're rich in heart. And from that point on. Um, once I returned back to where I came from, Chattanooga, Tennessee, my mind was focused on helping others. Uh, and so that's how that got started. Well, let me, and, let me ask you this, because I know my listeners, they have big hearts, and many of them are, are men and women of faith. So let me ask this. Where were you as, as far as in the 10 children? Were you one of the 10, or were you number 11? Um, and where were you in the pecking order? Uh, but you know what? I was number seven. 
Yeah. And remember, if you if you understand that, uh, just just me speaking right now, if you understand biblical, if you understand seventy years, seven, 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 uh, seven uh, times seven, and seventy. I'm not gonna go off into that, uh, but I believe that I was blessed, and I believe that the Lord placed, and I still do every day because. Uh, uh, I have went through a lot of things where the Lord. Yeah. So let me ask, let me ask you this. So you you left Chattanooga, Alabama, or Tennessee, and then moved to Alabama. Okay. So uh, okay. <laughs> Just real. First of all, so um, you were you were with the ten kids. You were in Chattanooga, and then moved to Alabama to be with your aunt. I'm not yeah, So, so I'm, I'm gonna mention this right here. Uh, this give your audience a little bit of uh, better understanding. Country boy, city boy. I left Chattanooga, Tennessee, which was considered a city, uh, which we had uh, running water. We had everything that a city would have, uh, but we lived in, in public housing. Uh, and I, so we had all the amenities in, in, in Chattanooga. I went to Alabama 1965 where when I got there, we did not have running water, we did not have heat, we did not have electricity, we had a mew, and we had to run out and catch our own chickens or, or feed our own self. And so um, I left the city, went to the country, came back to the city. I don't know if that makes any sense. Got it. Okay. Very good. Well, I, I mean, it's just amazing life that you've had in the beginning that you had, and now look at you. Right. So tell us a little bit about the book. You were just holding up your book a second ago uh, and showing it to me. So talk a little bit about why did you write it? How did you get inspired to write Country Boy, City Boy, um, a journey that ain't over yet? <laughs> OK, well, uh, uh, thanks. Thanks for great question. Now, uh, I was inspired to write this book based on uh, challenges and and all the things that I, I went through from six years old all the way through uh, current right now. Um, as I mentioned to you earlier, I was told that I would not uh, be a mountain. And that, that kind of hurt me. But uh, in my heart, I felt that, that God, my, my Lord and Savior, uh, had plans for me and uh, had purpose for me. So uh, as I grew and as I understood and as I uh, went through life, I saw that there was a lot of people that might have been in the same situation right. that I am in, uh, but they did not know that there was opportunities uh, to get out of those situations because, and when you're in the ghetto, when you're in the game, when you're when, when the product, when you're in, there's no way out other than death. Got it. Uh, the, one of the things that I did was, uh, I mean, the Lord, my Lord and Savior, showed me the way, but he did not allow me to participate in all those things. So every time I tried to do all those things, um, he kept me away. Now, another reason why I wrote the book was because I fell from grace. I fell from grace. I mean, um, I told, uh, and I, the Lord told me, anything that I want, he would give to me. And uh, believe it or not, Avi, I said I want to be a millionaire by 35, right? Yeah. You know, and everybody looking at me, you crazy. You, you stupid. You, 
guess what? Wow. The Lord, the Lord planted a, a path uh, in my way. And so I got off in the real estate. I got off in all this. I got off, I mean, it's public speaking, this and that. Everything just came. I mean, education. I educated myself. Went to school. I went, I went to school for 35 years. 35 years. I mean, I did all this, but I lost. I lost my grace. I lost everything. And the Lord, and he said, okay, now it's time for you to do my work. And I had fear from grace, so guess what? All the, he took everything away from me. Mm. Took it away. And not only did he take it away, but I, he put me in a situation where I was humble, where I went in for a deviated septic uh, to have uh, a couple of sleep at me. And when uh, they finished with me, I had had 46 surgeries. Wow. <laughs> over, over the next eight years. Oh, I mean, 46 surgeries. I mean, I could not even breathe. From my nose, only way I could breathe. And I kept telling the Lord, let me die. And he would not allow me. He said, I still got purpose for you. And so yes. over the next 10 years, uh, he fixed me. I mean, not fully, but hey, I'm still here right now. I can talk. I'm nice. still speaking. So I, I wanted people to know that regardless of whatever situation, circumstances that you are in, there's high power. And that and you have to believe. And you have to refocus. So I believe the Lord gave me everything back. Amen. Amen, brother. I'm so excited about that. So now, is that what led you to work with youth? What led me to work with youth was that, uh, again, uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, mm -hmm. uh, no father figure, no uh, leadership. And uh, all no of these mentor. No mentor. No mentor. None. Right. They run around from Jeeps. And you know, so what happened was, uh, and and I don't know how much time, but uh, what happened was I, I, I work out a 24-hour fitness where we got oh, this virus going on right now. And, you know, I went to school. I went and got my master's. I went uh, several master's or whatever that, not that. I, I, I was focused on the education because I wanted to be somebody that not just had the criteria but and lived it, but be the example. And I was in the gym one day talking to this guy, never seen him before in my life, uh, at the steam room, sitting, he was in the cool, and I'm sitting back and I talked to a friend of mine. And and the friend asked me a question, and I said, well, you know, youth, I love youth, I gotta make sure that uh, this and that. Long short story, this guy, from the moment, like, hey, I've been listening to your conversation. He said, wow. You start your own nonprofit, and why don't you educate these inner city youth? Why don't you educate the world? I'm looking at this guy like he's crazy. Like oh, I don't even know you. I mean, uh, but then he said, "I'm going to help you. I'm gonna help you start your nonprofit. I'm gonna give you the money. I'm gonna give you everything." Wow! From, from not knowing me, from nobody, uh, and so I thought the guy was just. But anyway, long shorter story, he was connected. He did what he said, and then next thing you know, I'm hooked up, speaking all around the world, rotary clubs, test that, businesses, uh, et cetera. Uh, and and, uh, I, and the Lord kept me grounded, like, I told you that I got purpose for you. And so let's stay on purpose this time. So, Avi, uh, before we go to the next mess, the question is, I am grounded and I don't do anything without the Lord's permission. I don't care how successful 
I don't care what that is. Uh, so that's how, how I am. And I got the radio show the same way. I went in for the radio show. How, what is the name of your not-for-profit and how do people help you and donate? Okay. So the name of my nonprofit, uh, Overline and JC Cooley Foundation. However, uh, the, uh, for us, uh, the nonprofit is called Option Opportunity Slash the Choice Program. Okay. Option Opportunity Slash the Choice Program. And if you go to CooleyFoundation.org, there's a paper, there's a, a, a place on there where you can donate and contribute to make sure that we continue to be able to deliver messages, um, make sure that we're able to do all the speaking engagement, make sure that we're able to speak at all the kids, make sure we're able to do the mentor, make sure we're able to do um, a mission trips where we take kids and we take everybody overseas to build houses from scratch. We build a house. We build a house over in Mexico. Uh, it takes us nine hours from scratch. As uh, long as we send somebody over a donor with the leader founder, the Cement Foundation. And the kids build the, these houses. I'm talking about 12, 12 by 12 uh, doors, windows, and everything. Um, and so that's what we do. So we educate the kids that it's all about giving back. And it's all about being focused. It's all about you you got to want to. You can't do unless you want to. That's and right. You gotta want to be great. You gotta want to. You gotta want to be great. You gotta want to be graceful to everything that you have. And and don't think that because of a situation circumstances that you are in, that you don't have any chance because James Cooley is living. Amen. Uh, Amen, James. Well, so uh you're starting to talk about your radio show. So how did you get your start on your radio show? How many shows do you have and uh how do people listen okay so uh, uh my radio show is called it's your life and um i, I originally started out from my radio show with my very very good friend uh ray leonard jr who's the son of sugar ray leonard uh, oh. and uh basically what uh, i was invited on paula's show a radio show where she got a major radio show, this, that, and all this. But uh, I speak at all the Rotary Clubs. I speak at all this, and I speak at all these different organizations. So I spoke at uh, their Rotary, Rotary Club, and she said, hey, why don't you come on the show? Why don't you come on my show? So I went on her show, and, you know, I said, Ray, why don't you come with me? And why don't you do one of the segments with me? And so uh, he decided to do that. And so this was about 10 months ago. <laughs> so I went on her show and it was a smash. And then she's like, hey, I want to introduce you to a general manager, this and that. This. I did not know that anybody else on her was listening to that show. <clears throat> so she took me up uh, to the general manager of Salem Medium, this and that. And he's like, wow, this is boom, 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 boom. He's like, um, have you ever thought about having your own show? I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm like looking at this guy like, well, he's I'm looking at her. And he said, you you got the it. I said, what is the it? He said, have you ever had your own show? I said, actually, I did. I had a television show for three and a half years and this and that. And, well, that was like 25 years ago, uh, this and that. He said, um, I want you on the show. I want you to have your own show. I'm like, like looking at him. And he, and he said, well, I'll tell you what. 
It's, it's Friday right now. I'm going to give you a call Monday. And so I forgot all about it. <laughs> Monday, he gave me a call back. And he like, hey, did you understand what I said? Boom, boom, boom. Long short story, he said, open up the evening. He offered me a two-year contract right then and there. Right then and there. And, you know, I'm sitting back trying to figure out, I haven't did this in 20-something years. I don't know what to do with it. And I listened to the Lord, and he said, it's all you got. Thank you. Guess what? As of today, we have done 44 shows. I am one of the top hosts in the country on this Salem Media. Look me up. It's your life radio show. We are on 10 different podcasts worldwide. We are recorded out of Dallas, where I'm at today, and we're recording out of San Diego, which I'm there every two weeks. And it's all about influences. It's all about inspiration. It's all about building. It's all about love. Everybody needs to listen to this, be a part of this, because we have to make the world a better place to live. It's not about selfishness. It's about you know, and just just like you are, I mean, it, it, your your shows and I, your book. I love your book. I I, I love your book. <laughs> I love it. Hey. I mean, that's one reason why I'm on this show, your show today, because you, you're making me a better speaker. Uh-huh. And even though I don't have to work right now because of the coronavirus, and I don't want. I mean, I'm, I'm still working and to try to get back on the scene, but. Um, Thank you. Thank you, James. Thank you. Well, you're, you've been, you know, you've been speaking all over. You speak, you know, on your own show. So uh, to to read my books is an honor. So thank you for that. Now, before we end, our time is almost done. But, you know, again, there's so many facets to you. You have, you're so experienced. Um, behind you are so many degrees and and certificates. But one thing that I don't think anybody knows is that you did serve in the military. You were in the Navy. So tell us a little bit about how how that experience changed your life. Well, uh, first of all, uh, I, I remember I, I was in the high school. I tried to figure out how uh, I'm going to be somebody. What they told me I wasn't. So um, me and my, my friend, Billy Hopper, and he's probably on this position, our best friend on earth, and we decided to go into what we call the Buddy Buddy program in the Navy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, but Billy was a quarterback. We played football, all this other stuff. But his, his, his leg, he had an injury in football that prevented him from doing this. I went in the Navy anyway, not knowing, scared, never been away from Chattanooga, Tennessee, other than going to Alabama. And um, I just wanted to get away to see if the world was something different. So I went in, in the Navy and... Uh, I had some challenges early, and just like I mentioned to you, but uh, they were getting ready to kick me out because I couldn't swim. Uh, but uh, I got past that, and I got around people that, that saw a purpose in me, and they decided to develop, develop me. And I went from an enlisted guy, I went from high, I mean, I, I went up the chain of Pentagon, White House, everything. I mean, <laughs> and uh, I, I retired as a naval officer, uh, and uh, by doing that, this is a country boy that was told you was not going to be about anything, that rose through the military ranks, that was successful, that also was the, one of the first George Herbert Bush point of light. I'm talking about 1992, Admiral Gallery, Admiral Rankin Award winner, when they selected me 
uh, for the uh, charity work that I was doing with all the schools and all of this and that, to be the president, one of the president first point of life, 1,000 points of life. Anybody don't know what 1,000 points of life, look it up. Uh, but I was one of the first to receive that award. And, you know, God told me, he said, I got purpose, stay focused. And so the Navy, uh, the Navy, Pentagon, uh, government, uh, life, uh, just, just being honest and faithful to people has transformed me to um, a person that I believe that, I mean, I just love people. I want everybody to be successful. I want to give. And I want everybody to feel the same way. I love it. And you're, you have a shirt on that says dream big, think big, and what, be big? Well, I got one for you one if I ever see you. Oh, uh, nice. But uh, dream big, think big, and, and be big, uh, that's our motto. Uh, that's the J.C. Cooley Foundation motto. And uh, I also have, if I ever get a chance, uh, Love it. Think big, think big, be big. And so we, we get an opportunity to speak about 50, 60, 70 times a year in high schools, elementary, businesses, this and that. That's amazing. Uh, this, unfortunately, it's been a tough year. Uh, but uh, I'm trying to get back out on the scene. Uh, I put my faith in the Lord, whatever he want me to do. Uh, right. to do it. And you know, one thing I want to say is thank you for giving me this opportunity. I mean, I really enjoyed chatting with you all day, and, and I don't thank you so much. Oh, well, you're welcome. I mean, you are so impressive. Everything that you've done in this one lifetime is like 1% of what a lot of people out there do. So you're an encourager uh, to, again, just dream big, think big, be big, but take action. And you've taken action all your life. So I just appreciate you. I'm so glad that, you know, I've met you and, and I just support what you're doing with the youth and the leadership. They need people like you. So we have to end our, our um, podcast today, but would, if you could just say anything to our audience, our listeners, to young people, to the adults of young people, what would it be? What would be the last words you would want them to hear today? Last words, uh, I know that uh, we are challenged in our life. Uh, we're challenging every day, and we're challenging where we want to just give up. Uh, but the most important thing is, I believe that you are being formulated. You're being you're being uh, created uh, to handle the challenges of today uh, to be the leaders of tomorrow. But you have to have faith. You have to have faith, and you must have hope. You must have faith. You must have hope, and you got to believe in who you are. Always believe in who you are. Have faith, have hope, and believe that there is a higher power. That's the only way that I'm here today. So hope, faith, love, truth, and belief. Beautiful. Well said, James. Well said. All right. So this concludes our show today. Be sure and tune in next week. So this is RV Robinson saying bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to the Million Dollar Speaker Podcast. 
Please hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review and feel free to share our channel with your friends and family. Also, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. We would love to hear from you. And remember, you are one step closer to becoming a million dollar speaker.